Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, you are worthy of our praise. Father, you are worthy. We love you. We love you. (laughs) You are so good. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you, Father. Father, as we come before you to hear your word, Lord, have your way in this place. Illuminate our hearts and our eyes and our ears to know you more, to see you more. Father, my prayer is that not one of us will leave here the same, that we will be changed from the inside out. For you are good. And we love you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. Give these guys a hand. That was awesome. All right, all right. Okay, we are still in a series in what I'm calling identity. Identity. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up your Bible to Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we've somewhat been walking through the book of Ephesians. Some of you have been like, wait, what? You've been doing that? I have. I have been doing that. And we got all the way through chapter 1, which took us several weeks. We bounced a little bit around in what was going on in chapter 2 and in 3. And actually, if you're at Ephesians 4, I'm going to back up just a few verses And I want to end with what's in Ephesians 3 at the end because it leads right into Ephesians 4. So I don't know if you realize this or not, but when Paul wrote these letters, he didn't have like chapters and verses. Okay? Like this stuff like flowed together. It wasn't just like a statement ended and like, oh, flip the page, there's some white space here. Like you ever read a chapter book? You know, you're reading a book and like the chapter ends somewhere in the middle and you're like, oh, I got all this white space. New thoughts, new idea. Many times in the Bible, there's sure, there's new thoughts, new ideas, but many times they're connected from chapter 3 into this case, chapter 4. And I want to start at the end of 3 and move into chapter 4 in Ephesians. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able, whoa, now to him who is able, able for what? Able for anything. Church, able to meet your needs, able to do what you need to have done, able for anything, to do what? To do exceedingly, abundantly, above exceedingly abundantly above, not just a little bit above, not just slightly above, right? You ever take a test or how about the GPAs in the schools now? I don't, when I was going to school, I feel like you couldn't get more than a 4.0. I don't know. Maybe you can now, but now you can get like a 4.3 GPA and you're like, whoa, 
That person is amazing. They got a four, that means they got like A pluses or something like that. They got better than straight A's. How is this possible? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Exceedingly, exceedingly above. I'm talking grade point averages here that are off the charts. Okay, I'm talking scores on SATs off the charts. You understand our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more. And you're just like, well, more than what? Okay, fair enough. More than what? More than what? More exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. And I just, I, I read this over and over. And some people have some big imaginations. Some people can think of some pretty amazing things. I, you know, the Lord has spoken through me on some pretty amazing things that I believe that God wants to do in this church and in this area and in this neighborhood and the nation's coming and in the city of Erie and all these things. But this is just what I'm thinking. This is what God is, is giving me and what I'm thinking. But he's saying he can do exceedingly abundantly more than what we ask or think. And here's the, here's the next part of the verse. It's according to what? According to the power that works in us. According to the power. This Holy Spirit power that is at work on the inside of us. It gives us the power to the ability to do above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. And I read that, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Verse 21. So when, whenever you read that, you're just like, okay, absolutely, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever, amen. You know, we, we say the Lord's Prayer. I did a series called Marked by Miracles, and we were going through, walking through the Lord's Prayer in every single line of the Lord's Prayer. And to me, as I was reading this, you know, Jesus told us to pray that perfect prayer, but I feel like at the end of the Lord's Prayer, we then say Ephesians verse, chapter 3, verse 20. Because you know what? We say, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. That's like the exclamation point. The exclamation point. It says he is able. How? According to the power that is at work on the inside of us. So let's go to chapter 4. So what happens next? And the title in my Bible in chapter 4 is Unity, Unity of the Body of Christ. Oh, whoa, wait a second. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, and now Paul goes into talking about unity. Because I'll tell you, church, a lot of times when we think about it, unity seems to be the toughest thing we could possibly come by. Unity within the church, unity within our church, unity, unity, unity. God is calling us to unity. Verse 1 says, I therefore... This is Paul talking. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. The prisoner of the Lord. Ever thought about what it would mean to be a prisoner of the Lord? I mean, think about it. You know, oh, I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. My chains are broken. I'm alive. I'm free. I can do. I can. Wait a second. Paul says, I am a prisoner of the Lord. When you are in prison, the only person that can let you out of prison is the jailer, right? He is the one who says, if I'm submitting myself, I am willingly putting myself as a prisoner. This is what Paul is saying. I'm willingly submitting myself 
to be a prisoner to Jesus. Lord, have your way. Lord, you, I will go when you say I can go. Yeah, you can't just, I mean, okay, when you pray, God works miracles, but this is Jesus' prison here. What he's saying is, hey, you are in my kingdom. You are in my prison. When we say, you know what, Jesus, have your way with me. You understand what Paul's saying here? These, like, these are not small words. I don't think any of us has prayed, you know, Jesus, I want to be a prisoner for you. I want to be a disciple, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do, I want to do, I want to do, I want to do. But Jesus says, what Paul's saying is, no, 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 no. How about be a prisoner for a second for me? Let's stay right here where Jesus has you. He opens the doors when it's time to go. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk, listen to this, worthy of the calling with which you were called. Church, our identity is we are called. We are called. And I love that this is after being a prisoner. Like, you know what? I'm a prisoner. God, you are calling me, but I will go only when you say to go. I will do only what you say to go do. I am a prisoner for you. The only thing that I will be bound to is Jesus. This is what Paul is saying here. You are called. We are called to walk worthy. We are called to walk worthy. I've been reading through the book of Acts and the story after story of Paul as he's building the early church in chapter 20. The Holy Spirit told him that he is going to face prison and hardship. But he went anyway. He was a prisoner for Jesus. Chapter 21, they actually tried to talk him out of going to Jerusalem. Right, a prophet came and said, he like took his belt off, he says you're going to be tied up, and you're going to have all these things tied up. If you go, this is what's going to happen. And all, all the people around Paul, no, don't go, no, don't go, don't go, don't do it, don't do it. And Paul says, no, I'm going. I'm going and I'm going to do, I'm a prisoner for Jesus. I will do what he tells me to go do. Because he was called. You are called. We are called to walk worthy of that calling that Jesus, our Savior, paid the price for. And you say, how can I possibly do that? If you back up to the end of verse 3, you're able to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in you. It's the power that's in you that allows you to be able to go do and walk worthy of the calling. Verse 2. Chapter 4, verse 2. With all, and I love this. So this is just like, how, how can I walk a life that is called, that is worthy to the calling that he has? Worthy, in verse 1, it says, worthy of the calling to which, how do I live this life walking worthy of the calling? In verse 2, he goes right to the fruit of the Spirit. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, with bearing. You say, well, no, no, I thought the fruit of the Spirit was in a different part of the Bible. Yeah, it's all throughout the Bible. It's referenced over and over and over again. Yeah, that's in Galatians. But yeah, look here. Look what God is saying right here in Ephesians. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Oh, my goodness. How do we walk worthy of the calling? We have to walk in unity. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
I feel like here, if he's looking at this, if you read this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in what? In the bond of peace. In the bond of peace. Verse 4. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, sounds like unity to me, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Church, if we can get an amen, hallelujah on this, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, above all that is through all and in all. It is in us. To me, this means we are called to walk in love. We are called to walk in love. If you look at a picture of identity, we are a reflection when God sees us of Jesus. We don't think of ourselves that way too often. We are a reflection of Jesus. Skip down to verse 11. I'm not going to read through the whole chapter. Skip down to verse 11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. This is commonly referred to as the fivefold ministry. These are gifts that God has given to the church. There are gifts listed here in Ephesians. There's gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. And what I love is what is right between those two chapters. 1 Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter. God is calling us to walk in unity and to walk in love. If you are called, which you are, which says your identity is called, we walk in unity and we walk in love. Why did God give us those gifts? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. We've all heard this said before. For what, Oh, is there more? There's more. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come, what? To the unity. Oh my goodness, here we are again. Paul is emphasizing unity within the church. Unity. Unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Back to unity. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children... Why are these things here? So we can walk in unity and walk in love. Why? So that we are no longer children being tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now I'm thinking about being called here, right? How many of you have received random phone calls from different people? Okay? Like if the telemarketer phone calls, I'm telling you what, it takes everything in me to walk in love. When they continue to call at all hours of the day, you're like, why, True Green, why do you keep calling me over and over? Actually, they call your phone. True Green calls her phone all hours of the day. Constantly, True Green's call. I'm not talking about this type of call. The call that I'm talking about, that Jesus is calling us to, is something way more exciting. How many of you ever watched the NFL draft or heard about the NFL draft here and there? Okay, let me explain to you a little bit about what happens at the NFL draft. Right? We're in NFL, we're football season right now. What happens at the NFL draft is that a player who is about to get drafted 
Before they hear their name get called that they're drafted, they get a call. They get a call. And what happens when they get that call is the video kind of pans over to them. And when they get this call, they say, hello? And it's either the owner or the general manager, somebody on the, on the NFL team says, look, you're the next pick in the draft. We want you. We've got plans for you. we got purposes for you. We want you to be a part of our team. We want you to be in unity with our team. We are so excited to have you on this team. And you see the guy, he's, look, he's like, oh, oh, and his family's all gathered around. Who's calling? Who's calling? Who's calling? They're getting all excited. Well, this is what Jesus, this is what Paul is saying here. He is calling us. It is a call that brings excitement. And, and we just get so fired up about the love that we we have because he is calling us this is the best call you can ever get this is not the telemarketer call this isn't even the owner of their favorite sports team calling you this is God calling you saying you are called to walk worthy to walk with a purpose to walk in the giftings that I have for you this is your identity you know church we live in a very dark world I mean, seriously, the stuff that's going on, I mean, this, this new movie that's out, The Joker, I just, I'm, I, it is evil, and I've struggled, I, don't even, I can't even watch previews of it. There's just a spirit around it that is no good, and there's so much happening that is going after our kids and our children, and we are called to make a difference in this. We are called to speak the truth. We are called to reveal the truth and in the light of who Jesus is and what he has done. And at the very same time, you have a very famous artist, Kanye West, who creates an album called Jesus is Risen, Jesus is King, and he gets a whole bunch of flack for it. And you're like, hold on a second. He is actually bringing truth to this world. Listen to the album. Look at what he is trying to go do. He's got millions and millions of followers, and he's bringing Jesus to this world. You say, well, how honest. I, I, I'm not here to judge it. He is starting conversations. Every single place around this globe, conversations are being had. Conversations that are giving you an opportunity as well to be able to say, you know what? Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about what Jesus has done. Let's talk about what Jesus' plans and purposes are. We need to be able to walk in this truth. Verse 16. Verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together. Listen, church. We all are called, which means we all have to walk in the calling that God has on our life. He has called me to do this. He hasn't called you to do this, at least not at this point at this church. But what has he called you to go do? He's asking you to be worthy of the calling. That means you have to seek the calling, find out what God has in store for you. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter where you go to school, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your ethnicity, it doesn't matter if you graduated from Harvard or anywhere else. What is he calling you to do? From the whole body, joint and knit together by what every joint supplies. You understand, every person walking in their calling is what's going to edify and build the church of Christ. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. There are things that God is calling you to go do that you have to go do that no one else is going to go do. 
No one else is going to do it. What happens? Because it causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in what? In love. Back to love again. Back to love again. Verse 17 says this, This I say, therefore I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk. No longer. When you are called and you are attempting and you're saying, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, help me to walk worthy of the calling in love and in unity. It's saying here that we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Ouch. You say, I don't don't know what to do. Pastor Jason, this is great. What am I supposed to go do next? Here comes the practical part of the message. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have him being taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Church, the truth is in Jesus. Back to being a prisoner for him. The truth actually abides with Jesus. The call is coming from Jesus. You understand this. The truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct. Here we go again, the key scripture for this whole series. You put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. We have to actually take it off. We actually have to say, I can no longer walk this way anymore. I can, if you saw the Joker movie, whatever, don't go back and see it again. Okay, you need to, we need as a church, as Christians, as those following Christ, need to begin to make decisions that are worthy of the call that he has on your life. It says you have to put it off concerning the former conduct of the old men, which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lusts. The old man grows corrupt is what it says. Meaning if we don't shut it down, if we don't take it off, if we don't close those doors, we are feeding that old man. Church, we are feeding the old man if we are not intentionally taking the old man off. Church, I advise you to be careful with what we watch. It says the eyes of the body are the lamp unto the body, that which comes in, what we see. We need to be very, very careful with what we see, very, very careful with what we hear. You know, we have trained our children, my goodness, on a Sunday morning, even on a Sunday afternoon when you're watching NFL football, the commercials that come on, are you kidding me? I have to look away. I'm just like, whoa, we can't look at this. We have to train our children to look away. Church, if you have not trained them to look away, do not stick your child in another room watching the TV and you not being able to be there to protect them from the commercials that are coming up. You cannot leave them in the other room by themselves unattended and say, why is my child acting this way? Why are they having bad dreams? Why are they, why are they responding this way? Because they're seeing things and they're hearing things that are not good for them. What we feed is what grows. When we feed our flesh, our flesh grows. 
When we feed our spirit, the spirit grows. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, that key verse that we've been talking about every week, says the old man is gone and has passed away. Say, but still, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I have to take it off, but how? How can I do this? Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be re- we have to renew our minds. And that you put on the new man, so now we have to actually put it on. The last verse says take it off, take the old one off. Now it says put the new man on, which was created according to God. Identity, right here. The old man off, the world, the new man on, created according to God. This is how we do this. We have to renew our minds. Romans 12 says this, I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed. Church, the Bible is telling us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Walking worthy of the calling. Church, you are called. You are called to a higher living. You are called to a higher purpose. You are called to take the old man off, to put the new man on. And I don't know what it is that you struggle with. I don't know what old man that you struggle with. I don't mean an actual old man that you're struggling with. The old man that you're struggling with. Everyone's thinking of the old man that they struggle with now. Shoot, I just lost everybody. Come back. Come on, come back. You guys know what I'm saying. The old man. Each of us struggle with something. Intentionally take it off. How do I do that? Jesus, by the power of your name, through the Holy Spirit, which resides on the inside of me, is the only way that I can do this. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for me. I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what you're challenged with. But the Bible clearly says, confess your sins. Confess your sins. Repent. And the Bible says, you shall be healed. You shall be forgiven. What is it that you're struggling with today? Worship team, if you want to come back up here. I wasn't going to end here, but I think I'm going to end here this morning. What does it mean to renew our minds? Church, we need to understand our identity better. I was growing up I used to watch Transformers. Anybody ever watch Transformers? There's some new Transformer stuff out there. It says we need to transform our minds. That means when we transform something is what we thought it looked like, what we thought it did, what we thought it was capable of doing is now something completely different, completely more powerful, more abundant, able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine when we begin to transform our minds. 
What's the word for transformer? More than meets the eye or something like that? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Because he more than meets the eye. I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this in my own power. What he's called you to do in your life, it should be such that you cannot do it in your own power. If you are able to do in your own power what you think he's called you to do, I'd ask you to go pray again because I think you've missed your calling. You say, oh, but I can, I can only do this. Oh, can you? That's right. You can only do this. But with him, all things are possible. Those who he calls, he equips. Some of you may feel a calling to one of those five-fold ministries. There are many places to serve within the church. There are many places to serve within your workplace. You may need to be a person of prayer. You say, I don't know how to pray. I can't pray. Immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. Make that be your prayer this week. Because of him. This whole service has been because of Jesus. Communion because of Jesus. I want us to pray. Everyone just bow their heads and close their eyes. I want to pray for you this morning. But church, I'm going to ask you to be bold. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. But I'm asking if this message was for you, if you are struggling with something, if you are challenged with something in your flesh, the old man, and you say, I'm done with it, I'm done with it. No matter what it is, I'm ready to confess. I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to say no more. I want to be able to pray with you. No one's looking around. No one's eyes are open. If that's you this morning, just put your hand up. Say, Pastor Jason, that's me. I'm done with this old way of living. Keep your hands up for just a minute. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're doing a work here this morning. Come on. It's not too late. Hand after hand after hand is up. Come on. You see these hands that are raised. They are confessing to you now the sin in their life that you already know was there. They are saying, I am choosing to repent this morning, to turn away and turn to you. Father, meet them right where they are this morning. For your word promises that you forgive us our sins when we confess and you heal us. You heal us. Whole, restored, made new. The new man. 
We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel like there's been a theme this morning of separation from sin, making sin, recognizing, declaring sin is not a part of me, but rather is my enemy. I enjoyed pushing Pastor Jason around up here this morning, using him as an illustration. There was a time when um, there was a time when when I would feel overwhelmed with life, which was every day a lot. There was a season of all the time overwhelmed, um, and this was a couple years ago. I would um, on my phone. My thing was the news. I'd look at the news because that's a good idea, and um, I would check out Facebook real quick. And then I would feel overwhelmed, um, and I would, like, escape into Netflix, you know, and whatever it was. Um, and I remember one night, everyone was in bed, and I just got a revelation, and I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. You're the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You want it. I'm telling you, you want it. We pray for it. Come and burn away in me all that would separate me from you. All that would keep me held bond, held bond, um, in bondage. Burn it away. I want to say, I always tell him gently. Gently, oh Lord. But, but come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. And open my eyes. And one night, everyone was in bed. And the Lord just gave me a revelation of how I was squandering my time. And he showed me why I was squandering my time. He connected the, the, escape, the escape. I needed to escape because I was overwhelmed. And I was overwhelmed because I was looking at the things of the world. And they were a weight that I wasn't meant to bear. Because I'm trying to bear the weight of my calling, which is eight kids. Which is wife, mother, which is enough. And so I just cried out to the Lord. Said, Lord, have your way here have your way. You're right. I'm in it. How do I get out of it? And he honestly, he spoke to me. He just said, peace. It's done. You be at peace. It's taken care of. I did not make, I did not make a declaration that I would know more. I'm never going to touch that again. I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do this again. I didn't. I didn't. And I'll tell you over the course of a week, Slow, pretty soon I forgot to check the news. It just slowly went away. There was no condemnation, and it wasn't my doing. I stand here, and I'm telling you, it wasn't my doing. It wasn't my doing. He led me out. He led me out. I'm telling you, years it's been since I feel the need to escape to Netflix. I don't even know what's on Netflix. We don't even pay for Netflix anymore. Hallelujah, we're free. You know? Um... Uh, we have Amazon Prime. I watched Jane Eyre two nights ago. It's fantastic. But anyway, um, the point is, is he led me out of it. He led me out of it. And I could tell you so many stories of him leading. And it comes after a heart that cries out and says, have your way. Let that be your heart's cry today is have your way in me, Lord. Have your way. And Holy Spirit, come. Because the theme today has been a separation from sin. To be released into the callings on each of your lives, the plans and the purposes that await you are beyond what you could think or imagine. Because I never imagined this, baby. This was not in my imagination. This was not in my plan. This is not the man I married. This bold speaker of the truth and the word of God. 
what God wants to do in us for his glory and for the edification of one another is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And those of you that raised your hand, it's him who does the work. That's right. It's him who does the work. We do the inviting. That's right. We do the inviting. We do the surrendering. And it is him who does the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We started out the service, if you were here at the beginning, with the word was there's going to be a shift. There's going to be a shift. Like those who are familiar with driving a manual car, there's a shift to the next gear. I truly believe those who... Put your hand up. Those who put their hand up in surrender, in obedience, saying, Lord, change me. Use me. Change me. I believe you shifted to a higher gear this morning. Prophetically speaking, you shifted to a higher gear this morning. And what happens is you begin to be able to go faster without struggling harder, without using more gas. You understand how the manual transmission works, right? You're now able to go a little bit faster without having to have that foot all the way on the gas any longer. So it comes with peace. And it comes when we are in His presence, when we are wrapped up in the train of His glory, which is what we started out with this morning. God is good. He's doing an amazing work. Small group leaders, if you want to come up here, they're going to be here to pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you can do that this morning. You can come up here and get prayer. If you need healing for a body part, whatever that might be, you can come up here and get prayer. If you need healing for a relationship, you can come up here and get prayer. They are here to pray with you, to speak life over you, and they want to be able to do that with you. And I want to read this last portion of Scripture as a benediction as we leave. It's out of Romans 5, verse 5 and 6. May the God of endurance, thank you, Lord, and encouragement, thank you, Lord, grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Go in peace. Have an amazing week. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.